BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Mr. News, hit! Next on the Ledger Report, the shocking truth that between 41,000 and 410,000 Americans are dead because of the vaccines for the Wuhan coronavirus. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. I want to be clear about what the CDC is saying and what the CDC is not saying. The CDC is saying they have concluded that fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Let me repeat. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. But if you've not been vaccinated, or if you're getting a two-shot vaccine, and you've not gotten your, you only had your first shot, but not your second, or you haven't waited the full two weeks after your second shot, you still need to wear a mask. Stop the tape. You get that? Does that make sense to you whatsoever? Uh, here's, here's Joe Biden, uh, acting as president, saying that, uh, it's a great day in America. If you've had the vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. However, if you're in this subclass of Americans who haven't received the vaccine, either because you don't want to, or you haven't gotten it yet, you're in the lower class. You're in the class of Americans that are forced to wear a face diaper. It's a great day in America. Somewhere in the neighborhood of what? 200 million Americans have been vaccinated. So that leaves around a hundred and what is it, 140 million Americans who have not. So 200 million Americans have freedom. Think about this. 200 million Americans have freedom and about 140 million Americans do not. And in that 140 million Americans, you bet your life, he knows and Susan Rice knows, and Chuck Schumer knows, and Nancy Pelosi knows that in that 140 million Americans is a large chunk of people like me who supported Donald Trump. Don't tell me this is not a political issue. This entire fiasco, this entire government response to the Wuhan coronavirus right down to the mask order is 100 percent Political, initially designed to torpedo the chances of re-electing Donald Trump, and apparently that worked, but now devolved into a giant power grab, which is being affected at the state and local levels. 
And so that's why we have this dichotomy between Florida, where there's fleet freedom, and on the left coast, California, where there is Marxism. Yet the Marxist governor now suddenly, because he's about five months from a recall election, suddenly, magic wand, guess what? Don't have to wear a mask. Now, isn't it interesting that the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, issued about less than 48 hours before the official CDC announcement, now echoed by your president, Joe Biden, about 48 hours before the official announcement from the CDC, Gavin Newsom comes out and says, you don't have to wear a mask anymore, effectively, that we're, we're, we're lifting the mask. This is about a month before this magic day on June 15th, where he's going to wave a magic wand and say, hey, we're back to normal. Again, staring at a recall election uh, in June, which would probably be about four months from June 15th. The thing that we have to remember here in this case, more than anything else, is that this is a wholesale attack on the United States Constitution. And I want to get into that. I want to talk about that deeply because it's very, very important. You know, there's a lot of people running around right now saying, yay, we can go eat in a restaurant, yay, we can go to a ball game, yay, maybe we can go to a concert, maybe we'll be allowed to go to a concert. Isn't that fantastic? This is a typical human response post-oppression. The American people have been oppressed for more than a year in various forms in various states, more so in New York than in Texas. But the American people have had their constant overall, their constitutional rights subordinated to various forms of Marxist government. There are various aspects and various levels of Marxism in this country. And unfortunately, they exist in all 50 states. You know, even in Florida, there are problems. Dade County, right? There are plenty of Marxists in Dade County. And in California, of course, they're run amok. Too many to count. And good people are leaving California more and more in droves, actually. It's not being reported by the media. And so I ask you in California, you folks who actually adhere to the United States Constitution, what's that going to leave you if the good people of California and the good people of New York and maybe Illinois, at least Chicago, and maybe some other really deep blue states, if the good constitutional people, I'm not even talking about Donald Trump supporting, I'm talking about freedom-loving Americans, no matter what their party affiliation, if they keep leaving productive, God-fearing, constitutional Americans, if they keep leaving these blue states, what is that going to leave you in these blue states? Hmm? It's going to be double-down time. And if Gavin Newsom survives this recall election, look out, baby. Look out. And if Cuomo survives this so-called investigation where they're probably using a Ouija board saying, hey, was Cuomo good or Cuomo bad? And everybody's going to push it to Cuomo was good. End of investigation. Cuomo survives. Newsom survives. Pritzker? I don't even know what that guy, fat boy, is doing. I'm sorry. He's a fat boy. I don't even know what rich fat boy. Uh, I don't even know what the hell. If these people survive... You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to be 
Joseph Stalin all over again. I want to remind you, though, that this program is brought to you by MyPillow. If you go to MyPillow.com, you put in Ledger in the promo code box, you get up to 66% off. Go to GrahamLedger.com, answer our Ledger register question, did you receive one of the Wuhan coronavirus vaccines? More and more evidence is saying, good if you didn't. Um, you can also find a MyPillow link there. You can also see my plan to fix California, but it's going to take people thinking outside the box. And I don't know if enough Californians want to think outside the box. I have conversations regularly with Californians in the Republican Party in particular who are just stuck. They're stuck in this place of defining insanity. They're doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result in California. You can't do that. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You're outnumbered, as I just referred to a couple of minutes ago. On this program, we're going to talk about this interaction between Rand Paul and Dirty Fauci. The guy is so dirty and slimy. And I'm going to point it out in just a moment here. But back to, to Joe Biden. He tweeted out just before he gave this little spike the football speech. Here's his tweet. The rule. It's a rule now. Isn't that an interesting word to use? I kind of stopped there when I read this tweet. The rule. Rule? We're not ruled. That's an interesting word, isn't it? Are we ruled by Joe Biden? Or the Congress of the United States? Or the Supreme Court? Or your governors? Or your city councils? Or your boards of supervisors? Are we ruled? The rule. Whose rule? Who made up this rule? Did we vote on this rule? Did the people get a say? You know, this crazy concept that's not talked about anywhere anymore? Consent of the governed? Was I asked about this rule? The rule made up by Joe Biden, who's clearly suffering from dementia. There's a report out there, if you haven't seen it, that he's fit to uh, have these bursts of anger. And, and profanity-laced at members of staff. Not even people like me. Not even his enemy. I mean, these are his advisors. Imagine him getting all mad and flustered and swearing at Susan Rice. What a picture that would be, huh? The real president of the United States, Susan Rice. It's not even Kamala, Kamala, homewrecker, <laughs> Harris. It's Susan Rice. There is the maniacal one. There is the dangerous one. And you betcha, she doesn't have to take marching orders from Barack Hussein Obama. She knows what to do. And they're doing it. It's chaos. We have absolute first 110 days of the Biden administration, absolute chaos. Globally. Not just domestically, but globally. So his tweet goes on. The rule, his rule, I guess, he just instituted a rule, is simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. The choice is yours. <laughs> I hate to laugh, but this is like the old Soviet Union saying, okay, here's your choice of vehicle. Do you got this small little gray vehicle over here that doesn't work very well in the showroom? And then right next to it, you have this small little gray vehicle that doesn't work very well also in the showroom, and that's it. This is your choice. <laughs> you got choice A, which is this gray vehicle doesn't work very well, or choice B, which is this gray vehicle which doesn't work very well. This is what Joe Biden is saying. It's laughable. It's laughable. 
if it wasn't so unconstitutional. Why? What is he doing here effectively? Well, he's creating a couple things here. One would be a scarlet letter, right? If you really abide by this nutcase, and I pray to God you don't, don't even listen to him, and most God-fearing constitutional Americans don't, but if you abided by his new rule, you have a scarlet letter, right? You wear a mask out in public or wherever. I don't even know what the hell's going on right now. I just know I don't do it. And I push and I push and I push and I challenge people at Home Depot or Costco or at the gas station. You know, there's a mask mandate at the gas station. I have never worn a mask at the gas station. It doesn't make sense to me. Unless, of course, I'm trying to keep myself from breathing the fumes, which can make you high. I don't think it can kill you. Two tiers of people they're creating. One has a scarlet letter. You wear a mask, you have a scarlet letter. You know, it's like the, the pod people movie. I always blank on the name of that movie. <gasps> they have a mask. They didn't get the vaccine. Aha! Shame on them. Stay away from them. Scarlet Letter. I had to explain the book Scarlet Letter, and maybe I do to this audience. I don't know. It was mandatory reading along with 1984 when we were in school. Scarlet Letter is about, uh, it's fiction, but now, of course, just like 1984, it's becoming true, where a woman who committed adultery in uh, the mid-19th centuries in, I believe, Massachusetts was forced to wear an A on her clothing to signify that she committed adultery. Um, again, it was fiction, but here we have it coming true in 2021. You have the scarlet letter of the mask, but also, importantly, creating two tiers of people, right? We are shaming millions of Americans, tens of millions of Americans, who decided not to get the vaccine, or maybe haven't gotten it yet. Maybe they are gonna get it, but they haven't gotten it yet. So tier one has freedom and liberty because you drank the Kool-Aid, because you capitulated, because you believe Joe Biden, whatever your reason, because you wanna go on a cruise. I understand, I understand, it's your choice. But you should also do your homework, don't bury your head in the sand, and we're gonna talk about that in just a moment, about the documented adverse reactions to the Wuhan coronaviruses. The second tier of Americans are the tiers that did not, will not, or cannot get the vaccine. That is not America. That is Marxist. We are not a multi-tier or two-tier system. We're not a caste system. We are based on this thing called the United States Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And nowhere in there is any reference of anything like this at all. In fact, it's the opposite. Those documents, those founding documents are designed to protect Americans from attacks like this. And there is mounting evidence that the people who are not going to get the vaccine are doing so for good reason. There are reports in the media right now of people getting the Wuhan coronavirus after being vaccinated. This, uh, Bill Maher the TV wacko, uh, was vaccinated. They had to stop production because he got COVID. Could you explain that one to me? It's laughable. A, a New York Yankee player got 
the Wuhan coronavirus after the vaccine. And then we have these adverse effects. A 15-year-old boy dying after a bad reaction to the Wuhan coronavirus. These are facts that the American people need to know about. And some of these facts are being inputted in this virus system. And I want to talk about that with um, my guest, Dr. Brian Artis. The VAR system is the voluntary reporting system of adverse effects to any vaccine. But it's very important to report this one, the so-called COVID vaccine, which we know is not really a vaccine. It is a medical device. And some people on Capitol Hill actually are trying to get some answers out of Dr. Fauci. And one of them is Rand Paul, who had a uh, very interesting exchange between Dr. Fauci uh, and himself. And he was trying to get Fauci to reveal to America the fact that, among other things, our government is experimenting with something called gain of function. And if I had to explain or try to explain gain of function as a, a non-scientist and a non-medical doctor, I would say it's effectively experimenting with a virus, for example, and try and juice it up and jack it up to make it even more potentially deadly or more harmful. Why you would do this, you're going to have to make the case for me on this one. Why you would do this in a lab, I don't know. What's the point? It's like building a nuclear bomb that can destroy the world and then multiplying it by 10 uh, by building a new one. You've already destroyed the world. What, what's the point of destroying it 10 times over? So, and especially on something like this, which could get out. And, you know, what Rand Paul, Dr. Paul, is getting at here without saying it is, hey, there's a very good chance that the Wuhan coronavirus emanated from this lab. And a lab that American tax dollars have been funneled into. Does that not bother you at all? And does it bother you at all? that Dr. Fauci won't answer his questions. And I want to play this very important soundbite. It's about two minutes long, so bear with me. You need to hear this. I'm not going to edit it, beginning to end, two minutes long, and then we're going to get to Dr. Artis. Pay attention, okay? Because Rand Paul is asking about, in general, funding gain of function. Our tax dollars going to experiments involving gain of function. Again, why would you do, why would you even do this? I don't know. It's almost a Mengele thing to me. Maybe you can explain it if you're a scientist out there why we would want to do this. So Rand Paul is asking about, in general, our tax dollars going to fund gain of function. And Fauci, I want you to listen carefully, Fauci says we're not funding gain of function in Wuhan. Well, what are you funding in Wuhan? Two things. One, are we funding gain of function otherwhere? Well, maybe, maybe not. Very wishy-washy answer. But the other is, we're not funding gain of function in Wuhan, but maybe we're funding something else in Wuhan. Listen to this guy as Rand Paul tries to get some answers. Roll tape. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, 
It's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. You don't think inserting a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That is not the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the the Wuhan Virology Institute. We support sending money. We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency and a sub-grant. Do you support the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research... I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. Joining me now is the CEO of Artist Labs, Dr. Brian Artis. Doctor, it's interesting when you hear Fauci talk and spar, if you will, with Rand Paul. Rand Paul's trying to... He's not grandstanding, Rand Paul. He's trying to get some answers. And it's so frustrating for me to hear Fauci not answer the question that that Rand Paul's asking. He's asking, Rand Paul is asking, hey, are we funding this kind of gain of function experimentation? And Fauci's answer is, well, we're not funding it in the Wuhan lab. Okay, well, that's not what he's asking, but we need to know. The American people need to know if these Frankenstein experiments are going on. And these uh, experiments have been going on since the 50s. They actually called it back in the 50s, serial passaging, Mm. and it has been government funded this entire time, since the 50s, there was only a pause by the National Institutes of Health and Anthony Fauci from 2014 and then reinstated funding for gain-of-function testing across the world, including the Wuhan lab. Uh, that's the only time there was a pause was between 2014 and 2017. It started up again in 2017 for the Wuhan lab, funded by the NIH, and they were specifically doing gain-of-function testing or this serial passaging of coronavirus from bats in China. And this is what they were working on for the last, at least since 2012, we know about. Uh, And scientists have been screaming the alarm that this gain of function testing, which is they take a virus that's only infectious to one animal. This is how you do gain of function testing or serial passaging. You take an infection or a virus inside of one species You take that, put it in a Petri dish with the same cells from the animal it typically infects, like the bat coronavirus, and then you slowly introduce into the medium or into the Petri dish human cells or another animal cells until the actual virus learns speedily how to mutate and actually infect the other species versus a natural tendency possibly in the future. This is trying to make a virus more virulent against other species. And they've been doing this for years. Okay, so let me stop you there, because I, I don't want to dig too deep in this, doctor. But why would you want to do this? What, what, 
you know, I, my analogy is you build a nuclear bomb that destroys the world and then you build one that can destroy the world 10 times over. What's the point? The only point is to, the actual argument has always been, we need to do this research, especially when it was paused. We need to do the research because what if this coronavirus in China gets out and is a plague like the SARS and MERS period? We need a vaccine ready agenda against these extra virulent viruses that we're making in labs. But they've all been screaming that there's been multiple leaks of these types of infections that have been leaked from labs from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and now possibly uh, during coronavirus pandemic. And so we could be living with the results uh, right now, all, all of it are. potentially man-made. The problem man-made, and then quote the solution. I use that in quotes, the solution uh, man-made. And I want to get to that now. And that is this VARS reporting system. We know historically, it should be mandatory, doctor, in my mind, if you have a, especially a new uh, so-called vaccine out there, it should be mandatory that you report whatever's going on if there's an adverse effect. The American people uh, deserve to know this, but apparently it's a, a voluntary system. And we know historically the number is what? Between 1% and 10% of all doctors actually report. And we also know that there are many doctors out there with a political agenda. And so they are naturally, as human beings and animals of, of politics, less likely to support and, and report adverse effects versus doctors who truly want to get to the truth. So the number, I just went on there before we talked, doctor, and the, the number of dead from coronavirus, it's a very arcane and complicated to a, a mind like mine system to go on to this VARS reporting and drill down on it. But the number I got out of there was 4,100 dead by Wuhan coronavirus vaccine. Bottom line is that is a fraction of the actual number, correct? That is true. And I want to actually just show this. This is a report I've brought up before. This is the Harvard study from 2010. You will hear certain doctors or scientists say that the VARS reporting system from this study from Harvard was anywhere between 1% and 10% are being reported, accidents or injuries from vaccines. Actually, the report says it's less than 1%. It is not 1% to 10 It is less than 1% of all injuries to vaccine are reported. So for every number, like you just mentioned, Graham, there has been reported so far over 4,100 deaths within 48 hours to a week of receiving any of the three COVID-19 shots here in America. If we are to trust Harvard's numbers, their statistics on those that are actually reported, add two zeros to any of the numbers that you're actually reporting. So add two zeros to the 4,100 already reported deaths, and you're looking at possibly 400 and 410 thousand deaths already in America. I know it seems astronomical, but if you're going to trust statistics, look at Harvard and trust that institute. And the CDC reported this week right. that they are possibly three months behind because they are backlogged in reporting to that VAR system, updating the reports into the system up to three months behind. So these statistics that you're reading could be from three months ago. Imagine what it's going to look like when they actually provide us real accurate data. I don't doubt it. You know, again, just to the layperson, you go on there and it's, you know, typical government or scientist confusing. And it's almost done this way on, on purpose in my mind. And that is, you know, a doctor goes on there. It's going to take him, you know, an hour or so or whoever in his medical staff to, to input. This is kind of a crazy system. It should be a hell of a lot simpler, but it does give us a small peek into reality. So the question becomes, we're already seeing these adverse effects, which include death. Uh, but many other adverse effects, including what we saw with Johnson & Johnson, but other adverse effects are going on here. 
the FDA slide that you uh, told me about a couple months ago that was produced uh, officially in October of 2020 that listed more than 110 adverse effects, including death on down, autoimmune disease, Kawasaki disease, uh, sterilization, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when, I, I know you, you don't have a crystal ball in front of you, but how long a time frame are we talking about before we find out in your estimation these long-term adverse effects like sterilization, we were not gonna know for years potentially on that one. Uh, autoimmune disease, it may take years for doctors to, to put two and two together to figure out why this person may have autoimmune. When are we gonna start piecing this puzzle together in your estimation? So we all know, and great points. I actually think the sterility and the infertilization trauma from these vaccines is actually gonna come faster than autoimmune diseases. I'm not sure if you're aware of your audience is aware, but typically when a patient starts to have symptoms from, let's say a cancer developing in their body, that disease, that disease is there growing for seven years. And some people up to 10 years before the patient starts having symptoms, the disease has been there for years before you know it. The problem with these autoimmune triggers is we know from research studies currently that the antibodies against the spike proteins, these vaccines are going to make your body make are going to cause trauma and disease in 28 different tissues in your body. And we have all the mechanisms we know in which they will create autoimmune diseases for those tissues. And autoimmune diseases do not take 24 hours to 48 hours or 30 minutes after the shot to know that it's there. You are going to develop autoimmune diseases from the antibodies that these vaccines create in your body and the spike proteins from these in 28 different tissues in your body, we already have the studies of how the spike protein and the antibodies do this. You will develop over the next 18 months after receiving the shot to up to 10 years, there's gonna be a huge plague of autoimmune diseases and cardiovascular death due to these COVID-19 vaccine spike proteins and antibodies. One of those that we do know absolutely with certainty is something called systemic lupus erythematosus. For those who get the Johnson & Johnson or AstraZeneca shot, there is what is called double-strand DNA. It's called a transgene. That's what's in the vaccine and they're injecting you with. It directly causes the antibodies against that transgene in those shots directly causes systemic lupus erythematosus. And I know because my sister developed autoimmune disease in, when she was 11 years old, and it was the same one. It was due to a different trauma to her body. It came from parasites, actually. But in this case, the vaccines can trigger systemic lupus erythematosus. And the doctors told my family the same thing then. They said there's no known cause or cure for lupus. So these shots are going to create autoimmunity. You're going to see it over the next 18 months to 10 years. And there's a lot of us who are very concerned about that. It takes months to years to create enough trauma in your body from any injury, including these vaccines, to trigger autoimmune diseases. And that sheet I showed you from October, this is actually the list. October 2020, the FDA knew 110 different diseases. And I don't know if you've seen this yet, Graham, Bell's palsy is not on here. And there's already over 2,800 reported Bell's palsy victims from COVID-19. Wow. That means half your face is paralyzed. Yeah. And we don't know if that's going to be reversible or not. And that So yeah, there's trauma coming. We've already seen it. There is reports coming already for acute injuries. But we're talking about, they know chronic, lifelong deadly diseases and symptoms are going to come up as a result. It is interesting uh, that we might see them within 18 months or so because this window that the FDA has under the emergency use uh, authorization of these COVID vaccines, they look at about a two-year 
uh, window to officially license them. And wouldn't that be tragic if the FDA decides to officially license uh, these vaccines? Because then at that point, uh, these government mandates or these business mandates can actually have teeth. Right now, these vaccine passports have no legal teeth. No, con In my mind, they have no constitutional teeth. But legally, because this is a uh, experimental vaccine, they're not licensed. People are not allowed to mandate that you had the Wuhan coronavirus uh, vaccines, any of them. But two years down the road, uh, they might. And that's right when we might see some of these triggers like autoimmune. Now, you've got some interesting information. I only have about a minute left. I don't know if you can do this in a minute. <laughs> Uh, about okay. the mixing, the cocktail of the Wuhan coronavirus vaccine and the flu shots. I'll just give you a minute. Go. During the, during the fall of 2020, in October, there was a published article showing a direct correlation to higher mortality rate from COVID-19 spike proteins in people who received flu shots. So this coming fall, in the next three to four months, people are going to be getting flu shots, and it's already been proven. Individuals 65 years and older who get a flu shot and are exposed to the spike proteins that are coming from the shots you're getting, there is an increased mortality rate or death coming and increased serious infections and illnesses leading to hospitalizations. And people need to be aware that this research has been done and published in October of last year. So I have a big concern that individuals are going to receive the flu shots. They might even be combining flu shots and COVID-19 shots here in this next flu season, but please beware. And I just want you to know, if you want to learn more about these mechanisms of action, I've offered the report before, doc at artistlabs.com. You can email me, doc at artistlabs.com, and I will actually send it to you or go to the drartistshow.com and just enter your email. You'll get all of these reports. My 20-page report is actually now 67 pages of documentation. Go to the drartistshow.com, the D-R-A-R-D-I-S show.com and you can and put in your email and we'll send will it you to include you. Uh, somewhere on your website uh, that you just gave out there this information of this cocktail between the wuhan coronavirus vaccines and the and the flu shots it's in there the actual report and the link to that study is in there all right dr artist thank you god bless you keep up the good work ram you're awesome thanks for having me on your show all right, you people who have had the vaccine, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm not trying to worry you. You, you injected something into your body, and one day we'll know, A, whether it really is a vaccine or not, which we believe it's not. It's a medical device. It's an experimental medical device that the FDA has not approved and not licensed and will not approve nor license for another at least couple of years. And by then, we'll know some of the side effects. But... Some of these side effects, like autoimmune, could take 5, 10, 15 years or sterilization. And how are we going to be able to really track if a woman who, say, got the, the vaccine in her late 20s, then becomes sterile at age 35, how are we ever really going to know? Because the government doesn't want us to know the truth. And this VARS reporting system, as important as it is, remember, it's only about possibly 1% of, of all adverse reactions. That's a terrible reporting system. It ought to be mandatory. It's mandatory that somebody falls off a building with COVID that's listed as a COVID death. It's, it's the swamp, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Donald Trump tried to drain it, and instead the the swamp drained him of 
four more years. So my rule is simple versus the Biden rule. The Biden rule is you don't have a choice. You got to get the vaccine, period. And if you don't, you got to wear a scarlet letter. My rule is very simple. Live in liberty as much as you can in this society today. Don't wear a mask, period. I have never been a proponent of wearing a mask. In fact, the whole notion of wearing a mask has been repulsive to me as a constitutional, freedom-loving American. So, the Biden rule says you don't have a choice, you got to get the vaccine, and if you don't, we're going to punish you by wearing a mask. The Graham-Ledger constitutional rule is don't wear a mask ever and push people. Get them to think if these poor checkers in the grocery store are still being forced to wear a mask for eight hours, talk to them about it. Don't, don't try and pick a fight. Don't make them feel bad, but get them to think. You really gotta wear that mask for eight hours? You notice how you're touching it all the time and you're touching, even if you're wearing gloves, you're touching all kinds of things. You know what's happening to that mask as you do that? And if they say no, you, would you like to know? Okay, well, bacteria. So bacteria is now all over that mask and you're breathing it in. And you know also, young checker, that if we checked your blood right now, your CO2, CO2 levels would be off the charts. Do you think that's healthy? And then you give them the solution. Talk to your union now. Talk to the manager of the store now. You can't keep doing this to yourself. There is power in numbers. Same thing at the gym. Now, I, I don't wear a mask at the gym. I have to sign a waiver every time I go in there. And I look like an oddball. Everybody's wearing a mask. I'm just hoping that people start coming up to me saying, why aren't you wearing a mask? And I will explain. Same thing. Does it make sense to work out with a mask on? Of course not. It's insanity. And remember, the unfortunate truth is this VARS reporting system is a fraction of what reality is. So the truth is upwards of 410,000 Americans have died as a result of receiving one of the COVID-19 vaccines. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>